Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the conversation around Catholic sexuality. We're your hosts, Ellen and Kathleen. All right. Welcome back to another Charting Toward Intimacy episode. Um, this is an exciting episode. So I'm, I'm Ellen. Kathleen's I'm Kathleen. here. We're here. <laughs> this is an exciting episode um, because this is the first episode that our exclusive Charting Toward Intimacy community has full video access to. Um, so hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm waving. <laughs> This is what we look like um, in all our glory. Um, if you want full video access to all of the episodes and totally uncut too, you'll get like all of our bloopers, kids running in, like all the fun stuff that goes on. Yep. Um, if you want access to that, um, there's a link in the show notes. It's only five bucks a month to join the Charting Toward Intimacy community. We also have live Q and A's once a month. Um, lots of fun stuff going on in there. So check it out. <laughs> There's my little Ooh. promo for the community. Exciting day. Didn't for even us. didn't even mean to do that. Um okay, today we are talking about asking for what you want and and making sure that you continue to ask for what you want. Um and just kind of also the fact that like things that you want may not actually be that important to your spouse yes. and that's okay. And we're going to get dig into like why that's okay. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, in marriage, <laughs> where do the, we start with this one? The yeah. two <laughs> become one, right? In marriage yes. the two become one. Um and marriage is a beautiful image of divine trinitarian love where we have a you know, three persons, one God, right? We, we have a similarity here with this two persons becoming one flesh in marriage. But here's the big difference between God and human marriage. Get this. There's a pretty big difference. There's a pretty big difference, but get this. Here's the difference. All right. So God in the Trinity, the three persons have the same will, the will of the father is the will of the son is the will of the spirit. They have the same, they have the same will, right? Um, there's more, there's more to it than, than that, but like they are perfectly united in action and thought and deed and word, right? And understanding. And understanding. Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Humans <laughs> aren't. They're just, they're just not. Period. (laughs) Just period. Yeah. It's like we are, we are still, though we are one flesh, we are two separate people with two different histories, Mm -hmm. with two different wills, two different life experiences, um, two different needs. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, it's very, very true. Makes Um, it a lot trickier. It makes it a lot trickier, right? Right. (laughs) When you're two different people. (laughs) But I think I think what happens sometimes in marriages is that once we get married, we're like, oh, like to become one. Now we are like God in that way. Like we we do have our wills are united and our thoughts and our actions and our understanding are the same. Um, and we we just kind of 
discount the fact that things that are important to me aren't going to necessarily be important to my spouse. And the and it goes the other way too. Things that are important to your spouse, you might not see as important at all. Right. Um so here here's an example. Here's like a completely non-sexual example and then we'll dig into like what I mean we're talking about this more on the sexual realm, but it it goes across everything. Yes. Um but let's say the wife in this situation really likes having a clean house. Like that's, that's very important to her. That's how she grew up. She grew up in a very clean house. Right. Um, and she asks her husband to, you know, clean up his shoes and put them in the basket every day or whatever. Right. Um, and he like, it's something he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Right. But then it doesn't happen. Here's like probably the husband grew up in a household that maybe wasn't as clean as the wife's household. And it's just not that important to him. And he does not yet understand how important it is to his wife. Now, it's our job as spouses that if there are things that are important to our spouse, we, sh- we need to respond to that. Um, and we need to respond in a prop- an appropriate way. But she's asked him once to clean up his shoes. And he, you know, he maybe did it like the first or, sec- first or second day, right? But then he forgot because it's just not that important to him. And that's okay, right? What the wife needs to do and what she needs to understand in this situation is that it isn't that important to him. And just asking him once isn't actually enough. This is something she needs to revisit over and over and over again until it is clear to the husband that this is actually something that's really vitally important to her, right? So it might mean asking again. It might mean sharing a little bit of stories growing up, why it's important to have a clean house, why you see this as a need, um, how it ma- sharing how it makes you feel, um, Again, like this is something that the it is the wife's job in this situation to do that. And it is the husband's job in this situation to listen and respond and begin to understand and and take action toward that. But a lot of times we we're kind of like taught in culture that um, like marriage, if you know, if the wife like asks for something over and over again, like she's just nagging and the wife should really just compromise on that because it's not good to be a nagging wife and um, and like all, you know, all that kind of stuff or that like, oh, if if your husband doesn't immediately understand all of your needs, then obviously your marriage is just like falling apart and you, it's probably better to just get a divorce. Um, <laughs> that's. Not the case. That escalated very quickly. It did. It It went from shoes to divorce. (laughs) But I mean, but we see that. We see that in in like conversations in secular culture. Oh my gosh, these words are not coming out of my mouth today. Secular culture. (laughs) Secular Um, culture. Um, And like, we. it's not 
how marriage was designed. Like marriage is designed to help us grow in holiness Mm -hmm. and growing in holiness might mean for one spouse, it might mean growing in listening and understanding and taking action. And for another spouse, it might mean growing in holiness might mean like taking action toward sharing your heart and communicating and talking, right? And this is just like one teensy tiny example, right? Um, Sure. With shoes, but. (laughs) I want to also call out um, people like me um, who are people pleasers. And I can tell you right now that this is something really hard for people pleasers, which by the way, I recently learned is um, often a symptom of people with ADHD. They tend to be people pleasers. Oh, interesting. Um, some people. Anyway, so if that's you, maybe, you know, you're you're in good company here. But um, for people pleasers, we are very often afraid to ask for what we want because mm. we never want to put another person out. And that, that'll even include our spouses, right? For There are so many years. I'm getting to a point after 10 years of marriage, coming up on 11 in a couple months, um, where I have finally like, I, and I still have to actively tell myself it's okay to ask him to do this thing for you. It is okay to allow him to help you to request help, right? Like, because for so long it was like, well, this is something that I care about, but he doesn't care about it. And so who am I to like put that on him? When it's not something that it, it's my problem, it's not his. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but it is his problem. <laughs> it is his problem that in getting married, it became his problem, mm-hmm. right? That, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he and honestly, like, God love my husband, he has been so good. He does not care about the state of our house, like the state of the state of the house, right? We're both naturally messy people. Oh my gosh. That is but so the, the same for my husband yes. and I. Like, our house is a mess, and like, thank goodness. Yeah. But the, the <laughs> yeah, it's the the clutter and the mess of seven people versus like just one or two has my brain in a total tailspin where it's like I can't focus, I'm stressed out, like I you know, I need I need to work on getting it clean. And my husband, he he's like just like thrives in mess. He doesn't care, right? But he noticed and understands now that when things are in super disarray, that it has an effect on me and that it does mean a lot to me to try and keep it tidy. Mm, mm-hmm. So he does that. He comes home from a long day of work. The first thing he does is, well, we have we have time together. That's something that he needs, I know, that he needs time to just like decompress and to talk for maybe half an hour or something, hash out our day, talk through it, whatever. And then he goes and he does the dishes. Ah, if I haven't already done them, awesome. right? Like, which I m- normally haven't because <laughs> because day yeah. with five children at home, right? So, um, who has time so anyways, to do the dishes during the day? Ex- I don't exactly. even Kathleen. Like, and that's he doesn't not a thing. care, <laughs> right? No, who cares? He doesn't care that they're piled up and that you can't even like turn the sink on without having it splash all over the place. Like, he doesn't care about that, which blows my mind. But he understands that I do. Mm-hmm. And so he that's that's become his thing. He comes home. We talk for a little bit. He does the dishes. Um, but it took me so many years to be able to get to a point to where I felt like I could ask him to do the dishes mm-hmm. or I could ask him to pick up the living room or to like help the kids with the cleanup, you know, like 
because it was like, well, he doesn't care. It's not his problem. It's my problem. But here, people pleasers, I'm telling you, you need, we need to start getting comfortable requesting what we want and what we need. Um, and it's okay to do that. I think we sometimes feel like we don't deserve like the help if it's putting other people out, but we do. Yeah. And a lot of times with spouses, they don't feel put out. They want to serve you in that way. Right. And it is, it is your job to continue to ask, like you need to get comfortable with continuing to ask for that thing that you want. Um, and, and here's one of the big points that we want to get across. Like your spouse doesn't care about the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. They don't. He or she does not. Like they don't in the sense that they don't need the same thing. Right. Like it is not something. If they did care, like it would have already gotten brought up. Mm-hmm. But it is okay that they do not yet care. The reason they don't care is they don't know how much it means to you. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make it clear how much it means to you. How many to raise your hand, (laughs) raise your hand. If you have asked for something and let's, let's turn sexual now, right? Like let's, let's go into the realm that, that we normally hang out in, right? Raise your hand. If you have asked for something in the bedroom, whether it has to do something with foreplay, something that's going to help you orgasm, something that's going to, um, you know, help you get in the mood, whatever. And it hasn't happened. Pretty much everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen's like slowly raising her hand. Here's the thing. Like you ask for something one time and it's not something your spouse has ever thought of, has, has ever thought is important to him or her, has ever even wanted, right? Yeah. And you ask for it and they're like, oh yeah, sure. I could, I could do that. Sure. And then it doesn't happen because they forgot because they're human, because there's 50 other things on their plate, because it's not actually important to them. And that is okay. Okay. I also, I also want to say that maybe because I would say if anyone's like me for women, there are like 50 different buttons that often need to be pressed <laughs> within that act. And it's like to add a 51st button is like, forgive them if right. they don't remember. Right. It might <laughs> just be like one more that's like, oh my gosh, I can't even remember all the things I need to do, right? You oh my gosh. need to, one, not take it personally. Mm-hmm. You have to not take it personally. Okay, it is not that your spouse doesn't care because they don't care about you. Your spouse doesn't care about this thing because it's just it's not something they've ever thought of. It's not something that seems important. Right. Right. Your spouse will begin to understand how important it is the more you tell them how important you think this is. So let's say um, let's use the example of initiating. This is a good one, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you are just 
right now, where you're at in your journey, where you're at, like when it comes to sex, you are just not comfortable initiating. And you tell your spouse like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just not comfortable initiating. Um, I just, I really, I, I need you to initiate like in, in these ways and, and that would help. Right. But then, you know, you're, maybe you're avoiding pregnancy. You get to that infertile time and you're like, okay, like, yep, we're probably, it's probably time to have sex again. Like I kind of want to, but I'm really uncomfortable with initiating. I just can't do that right now. But then your spouse doesn't initiate and doesn't initiate until it finally turns into sort of a like, oh, well, it's been a while, Mm, you know? Yeah. Shrug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then you're like crushed because you're like, I asked to be initiated to. I asked mm-hmm. very specifically. Now, I, I wanted my husband to say X, Y, Z and and do it this way. And, and, and I, I spelled it out. Right. But you only asked one time and it, it was just not something your, your spouse had ever thought of before. Yeah you need to ask again, like maybe, maybe now, instead of just asking, now you need to sit down with a bottle of wine or a cup of tea. Those are, those are like my two options. I always suggest those. I usually go for the wine, (laughs) whatever, whatever you're going for, whatever time of day the conversation is maybe. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and share how that might make you feel if your spouse Mm -hmm. did that. Um, why you think you would like it, right? Because it uh, that's that one's really important too. If it's something that's never been done in your relationship, like sharing, hey, I I, I want you to try this because I think I'm really going to respond well to it. I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure, right? And you don't ever have to be 100 percent sure if you want to try something. Um, but like, share, communicate. We yeah. joked about this a couple of episodes. Like we've talked about communication for the past like, every twenty episode. episodes. <laughs> it always comes up because it's the crux of marriage, it right? Is communicate. Um, you know, have maybe it it needs a deeper conversation. But then guess what? Yeah. You're not done yet. You need to keep asking for that if you want to be initiated in a certain way or whatever. Insert that thing that you're thinking of. Cause I know, I know you're thinking of something. <laughs> I know everyone I know listening to this there. podcast has that thing in their mind that maybe you've asked for one time before and it never happened. And you were crushed that it didn't happen. Yeah. Or just annoyed or annoyed. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's like get into frustrated that. Frustrated or annoyed. Right. Um, and you let resentment like build not- maybe. Yes, exactly. Like he never does this. I always ask for it. Yeah, you just need to keep. It's not marriage is not for the faint of heart. Mm -mm. It is not for quitters. Okay, not for people who want to give up in any little way. Yes. So let's let's dig into that statement that you just made. I always ask for this. Mm -hmm. Do you? Do you always? ask for that how many times have you actually asked for it in a loving considerate communicable way 
That's a good point. Yeah, not a way, not like a not condescending, a nagging, like, not hey, a you never, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. times have you actually genuinely asked for that thing? Yeah. With with all the love and charity that your spouse deserves. Yeah. Because I can almost guarantee it's probably less than five. Point. And if it's less than five, then that's not enough. Like, yeah. let's let's switch. I'll I'll share an example. And I've talked about this a lot. It's it's actually very important to me. This is why it keeps coming up on the podcast. So my husband and I, a couple of times a week, um, have tea together in the morning. We have this like half hour of connection time in the morning. I suggested this idea to my husband months ago, like maybe six months ago or something. And he was like, that sounds great. I could do that. I could wake up. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not super excited about waking up a half hour early, but like, yeah, like, let's do it. Right. So then like the next day we woke up early, we had tea, we had a great conversation. And I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And I was just like, yes, like we're going to do this now. Right. And then the next day, we didn't really get out of bed as early. And the next day I went downstairs, started making the tea and it took my husband 15 or 20 minutes to get downstairs. And we only have a half hour. Yeah. And then the next day it didn't happen. And I got resentful. I was so annoyed because I was like, look, I, I wanted this. I asked for it. In my head, I asked for it. So therefore, it was vitally important to me. In his head, I asked for it one time. We did it one time. Like, awesome, right? Check the box. And, And not in a way that he doesn't care about me. But it just was not clear to him how important and how, like, wonderful that was to me, right? I didn't communicate afterwards and say, wow, I loved getting up early and talking with you. Like that was awesome. It just filled me up. It made the rest of my day so much better. Like, thank you so much. Can we please keep doing this on a regular? I didn't say anything like that after the first time that we did it. Yeah. And so then like the next week I was like, okay, I like, come on, I want to do this. Like, can we get up? Right. So then it like, it happened like one more time. But then yeah. sort of had the same same fall off for the rest of the week. Um, and then I got and then I got angry. Right. And then I got kind of resentful and then it got kind of naggy. And and then it was like not really working for a while. Then we didn't really do it for a couple of weeks. And I was like and, and then we came back together in a calm conversation. I was like, I really want this. This is really important to me. How can we make this work? And we figured out some modifications of how we need to do it, set the alarm a little bit earlier. And then it was a little bit better, but then it fell off again. And I had to ask again for how important it is. Um, And I know my husband listens to this, so he's probably going to be listening to this episode and be like, oh man, I am getting called out. But I'm not, I am not in any way like resentful 
toward right. him now, <laughs> now that I've like stepped back from the situation. Right. right. Yeah. But like, I understand that this, this isn't, it's not his love language. It's not his primary love language, quality time. Um, but it is mine. Right. And so it's my job. It was my job all along mm-hmm. to make sure he understood how important this was. And I still have to kind of remind him and, or say something, um, or, you know, like coming up on this week, I knew I was going to have kind of a rough week. And I was like, you know what? I really want to make these, these like tea dates happen this week because it's, it, this is really important to me. Right. Yeah. And they, and they happened, right. Because I communicated again and again, how important this is. This applies to everything, especially when it comes to things in the bedroom, the need yeah. to continue to ask um, and share how important it is. Yeah. And I want to bring it back around to um, kind of the point we made in the beginning about being one flesh, but two separate people. Unlike the Trinity, who is just like united in, in every way. Perfect like, unity. It's a mystery. Unity. We don't yeah. know how it works. <laughs> We can't understand it until we get there. This is, I feel like this, this point is like one of those ways that I can see how marriage is only like the faintest tiny glimmer of like the glory of the Trinity and like the glory of heaven. It's like, we see this huge chasm between what we're imaging the Trinity in this like unity and then what actually marriage looks like. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. But I want to, I want to like put it out there that though we are two separate people, we can become one flesh in the way that we respond to the needs of the other. Right. So like in responding to the needs of our spouse, though they may not be our needs, we become one flesh. We take on the burden to ourselves, right? Like, like, okay, this is a little bit extra work for me because it's not what I need. But in doing that, we are becoming one. We Mm -hmm. are sharing in the needs and the desires of our spouse, right? And that it is okay. I think that sometimes we can be offended. Yeah. We said this already once, but we can be offended that like, well, how could you not need that or want that, right? Like, and we get offended, but we don't need to be offended. Like, it is okay that our spouse's needs and our needs are different and that mm-hmm. they, we don't share them. But it is not okay if because we're, they're different, we don't respond to them, right? Like right. that is how we make two people one flesh is by responding to the needs of the spouse to fulfill those needs, though we might not feel the same way about them. Mm-hmm. It is our job to respond. I'll be totally vulnerable here and frank and call myself out. Literally this week, I got called out by my husband saying, you know what, when you ask for something, even if I don't really care about it, this literally happened this week, which is wild that we're recording this episode now. Um, he was like, if I don't really care about it, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. I do what you ask me to because you are my wife and that is my job as your husband. He said, but when I ask for things and you don't feel the same way, he was like, there's no way I can get you to do it. Mm. And I was like, that's not true. And he like <laughs> named yeah, all these We examples. immediately get defensive. 
Yeah, then he went and, like, named all of these examples, and I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Shoot. Maybe okay. that's true. I will be more aware of that going forward. He's like, but, I mean, his point was, like, listen, you know, um, but I think we should also make a point that, you know, if we're talking about this in terms of, like, we're talking about it in a general, like, marriage realm, but then we can also talk about it in a specific sexual realm. I want to make the caveat or point that if your spouse in a sexual realm is asking for things that you are uncomfortable with, there that needs that's not just a like hey you do you need to fulfill your spouse's needs when you are uncomfortable with something that needs a conversation Mm -hmm. before just like oh well i'm the spouse and so i need to fulfill that need even though i'm uncomfortable no that's not how it works i will say that conversation needs to happen questions need to be asked why is this making me uncomfortable Mm mm-hmm is it making you uncomfortable because of past trauma? Is it making you uncomfortable because of, you know, your purity culture? Right, like your relationship um, with sex. Your and relationship just... with sex and all of that. Or is it making you uncomfortable because you're worried it might not be licit, right? You Those are very different or... situations. All very different situations. And I will say that that needs to be – those questions need to be answered honestly mm-hmm. because – the answer is going to determine, is this something that I need to work on becoming comfortable with, right? Like maybe due to trauma or or a reaction to purity culture, the result of growing up in purity culture, right? Because maybe it's something that you need to do a lot of work to become comfortable with. Mm-hmm. However, if it's a matter of it being licit or illicit, if it is an illicit act, you should not yeah, no. aim to become comfortable with that, right? Nope, so, nope, nope. So, but I think it really begs the point that we need to identify where this discomfort is coming from mm-hmm. before we go ahead and just like, you know, say, oh, you need this? Great. I'll, I'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to understand why we're uncomfortable and we need to then respond to that appropriately. Um, so, Yeah. Right. I think that's a really important tip that needs to be kind of put out there. To kind of close this out, right? Okay. We've got two sides. We've got two people, right? The one side is you ask for something to your spouse. Um, You asked for it because it's important to you. Your spouse said yes, but maybe like didn't realize how important it is, right? It's your job to continue to ask for it, to share how important it is, um, and and to not get resentful that your your spouse forgot or it just wasn't that important to them. Right. Then you have you. Your spouse asks for something and you say yes. It's your job to try as hard as you can to do that thing because your spouse asked for it right? Mm -hmm. Your spouse asks you for something and you say no, or we need to talk about it. It's your job to make sure that you address that, that you respond to that, right? Do not ever say yes to something that you don't intend to do. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. like no matter, no matter what, that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. But it's, it is, it is a two-sided coin, right? But 
we have to respond to our spouses with charity. We need to give them the respect that they deserve because they are our spouse. Um, And so that is both in asking for things that we want and in responding to things that our spouse wants that that we don't really think is that important. So here's Mm -hmm. my challenge for this week is think through something that one that you've asked for that your spouse hasn't like responded to and figure out how you're going to bring that up again, whether it's going to be like a conversation or maybe you're just going to ask for it again, you know, whatever. And then on the flip side, think through something that your spouse has asked of you that you didn't think was that important. And like that maybe you haven't done yet or something like that and figure out how you're going to bring that up again. Um, right. So maybe have a conversation like, Hey, you asked me for this thing. I never did it. Can we talk about like, is this something that's really important to you? Do you really want this to happen? Right. Um, and I, I want you guys to have that, that conversation sometime this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you are not already following us on Instagram, be sure to check us out at charting toward intimacy. And if you listen to podcasts on a platform that gives you the option to rate or review, we'd love for you to do that because it helps us spread the word about the podcast. If you ever have questions, comments, or episode topic ideas, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you. You can reach out on Instagram or send us an email. Our email is in the show notes until next time. Oh,